Will you outlast your money? Do you stay awake at night worrying about providing for your family? Are you making the right decisions about your investments? There are many life-changing decisions that arise and questions you want answered when going through divorce or after you've received your settlement. This is the Financially Ever After podcast, where you'll hear stories of women like you and get advice from the industry's top professionals. Here's your award-winning and nationally recognized host, Stacey Francis. Welcome to Financially Ever After. I'm your host, Stacey Francis. And today we have one of my dear friends, a fellow certified divorce financial analyst, Nancy Hedrick. She is the owner of Smarter Divorce Solutions, and she's going to tell us all about her practice, which is quite unique. You see, she's a divorce financial analyst. She's also a mediator, a forensic specialist, and she works with divorcing clients to create out-of-court settlements in a kinder, gentle, more affordable process. She's based out in Arizona, but her advice is important for anyone thinking about or going through the divorce process. I've known Nancy for years, and today we're going to be talking about the most common questions and information that you need to know about executive compensation awards. And I encourage you to listen in to understand more about how these assets can be found, how they can be divided, and how to make sure that you get your fair share. And at the end, you will have a surprise. Nancy is offering a bonus to you to help educate you and move you on the path to becoming a financially savvy and confident woman. So please do listen in. Thank you for joining. And without further ado, please let me welcome Nancy. Nancy, it's great to have you here. And you're one of my favorite people. And Mm so many reasons for that. So many reasons for that. But number one is because you give back. You're so focused on education. And in particular, what we're going to be talking about today, executive compensation can be very intimate. In fact, I think just the word executive compensation, the two words strike fear into a lot of individuals of what is that? What does that mean? And so can you talk to our listeners today a little bit about what is executive compensation and then how might you figure out if you or your husband has this type of benefit yeah, with absolutely. their job? Absolutely. And thank you so much for having me. I, I always take advantage of an opportunity to be able to educate women. It's just not that complicated, but boy, we do a lousy job in this country of educating our children on finance. And so just, you know, to all the women out there, you are not stupid. You are not alone. You just simply haven't played this role. And so don't feel bad about it. So executive compensation is kind of a misnomer, right? Because it's a form of compensation given to a lot more people besides just executives. Typically, it's compensation that's not green dollars. It's not money that's included in their paycheck. And it's often in the form of some kind of security that's tied to the value of the company stock. Those common forms that we're typically going to see are going to be options or 
some form of restricted stock unit. In the recent years, they can be called all kinds of things. I've seen performance stocks units, performance stock Mm -hmm. award, restricted Mm -hmm. stock award. They're all pretty much the same thing. And Nancy, how how would you know if you have this compensation or your, your spouse does? That's a really good question. And I'll tell you, it's a really big challenge in a lot of family law divorce cases. And in fact, one of my very cases, they brought me in very late. We were less than 30 days from trial and going through all the documents and the one place you can identify executive compensation is on the annual W-2, box 12, code V. And in this particular, there it was. Box 12 code V, there was $24,000 on this W-2. And so I asked the attorney, where's the executive comp? And she said, there is no executive comp. What are you talking about? I said, oh, yes, there is. We requested the document, ultimately to do a subpoena, because they, the other side did deny it. Turned out there was $95,000 worth of restricted stock that had not been disclosed and that no one had intended to disclose. So it can be tricky to know that it exists. Yeah. And, you know, I think there's the confusion too of, you know, is this real money? You talked about it of, you know, it's not necessarily green dollars, but there is a a very significant value. That's nearly $100,000 that we're talking about. And so if your spouse isn't disclosing it, having a great team of professionals that can help look for some of the clues. But Nancy, you're very specialized and you can do this work. We do this work too, but not everybody knows where to find essentially the mouse droppings that you would see for executive comp. So if someone's putting together a team and is nervous that their spouse is not disclosing all the assets, who might be the different professionals to put on their team other than just a matrimonial attorney? Right. Well, it's going to be critical. And really, this is true for any non-CFO spouse going through divorce needs a financial specialist on their team to guide them, educate them, bring them up to speed on the decisions that have to be made and to identify assets like this. You and I both hold the credential. We're certified divorce financialists. I also have a forensic credential. And the forensic piece is where you can really in to some red flag type of issues. And CDFAs, those certified divorce financial analysts that do a lot of this work, they're going to be very qualified in finding these things. When you're interviewing a financial, though, you really want to be sure you're asking them about how much divorce specialized work have they done. It's really, really important. Yeah. How many cases you've worked on? How long have you been practicing? What your education, your background, your experience? I I agree, especially when it comes to what we're talking about today, which is executive compensation, because it's not the most straightforward type of compensation. So you've talked a lot about it being options and restricted stock. Can you 
talk a little bit about how do stock options work and then also talk a little bit about restricted stock so that individuals understand what that asset really looks like and how it behaves. Right, right, exactly. Well, most commonly, these are used as annual bonuses. So if your spouse works for a company that is publicly traded, they have a stock. In this case, I mentioned the person worked for Intel. So when it's a big publicly, there's a very good chance that this is how they pay bonuses. It's also a retention tool for the company because they have what's called a vesting schedule, which means they might give you $10,000 worth of either stock options or RSUs, but they're worthless on the day they give them to you. In order for you to be able to change them into money, you have to you working for the firm. So they typically have a vesting schedule. Uh-huh. Um, the common is three or four. And ever that you may remain employed, more and more of that $10,000 becomes able to be turned into cash. It's like, that, gold, you know, it's like golden handcuffs. Exactly. Yep, yeah. exactly. Yep. So the tricky thing in, is, in a nurse is so much information about the vesting. A very common misunderstanding with family law attorneys is that if it's not vested, it's worthless. And that's mm-hmm. just not the case. Even the shares that have not vested yet are partially marital, which means you're entitled to some of them. And so that's where you need someone like me, someone like Lacey, who can come in and really do the analysis to determine what you're entitled to and what's fair and what's not. Yeah, and it's, it is something where I have seen that, well, they're not vested, so there's no real value. And it can be actually worth hundreds of thousands of dollars in value. Let's talk a little bit about the marital versus separate property because that's the other piece of maybe we got married, he had been working at Intel already two years, but he's continued to work there for the last five and continued to receive these different executive compensation tools. Or he took the job when we were already married, but we're getting a divorce and the date of separation was X. So how can you take all these different fact patterns of portion being earned before the marriage and a portion being earned after separation to know what portion is marital that you two are entitled to? Well, let me tell you, it's a heck of a spread exercise is what it is. (laughs) So one like me gets all the details of exactly what was awarded when, what are the vesting schedules, all of the dates involved, and we we create this very thorough spreadsheet to determine exactly what's separate, exactly what's marital, and so the couple then knows, A, how much is marital, and B, do we divide that, or do we want to offer another asset instead? Because one of the tricky things about executive comp, 99.9% of the time, it is not transferable, which means you may be entitled to the value of half of something, 
but the law, the plan for the executive compensation does not allow that those holdings to be transferred to anyone other than the employee. So yeah. there's a lot of special language that has to go into the decree. There's a lot of special that has to be done on the tax implications. And because the tax on everything is going to fall to the employee. Mm-hmm. So it's a very complicated exercise. And if you're a spouse where there's executive comp involved, your future participation, you're probably going to feel a lot differently if it's in Procter & Gamble versus Amazon, mm-hmm. you know, where the future value is significantly different. Yeah. So a great, a great example would be if there's a bunch of executive comp in an Amazon stock, you would want to take home equity in exchange unless you live in one of those, well, unless you live in Manhattan, right? Where, but of course now with COVID, yeah, you don't I know. unless you live in the suburbs of Manhattan where the house <laughs> values right. have gone up exactly. 20% overnight and everybody's leaving Manhattan. So you make a great point, Nancy, of, okay, number one, this is not an account that you can divide like you can a checking account, that it has to stay in the name of the employee. And for that money to get over to their soon-to-be ex-spouse, that employee has to have it vested, sell, pay taxes at that rate, and then the proceeds go to the non-employee ex-spouse receiving it. But there are some definite hiccups, as you mentioned, of, you know, well, what's the post-tax amount? Is it appropriate to have the employee pay 100% of the tax but only get half of the proceeds? Well, not really. And then the other thing that you talk about that, you know, is, is really important of, is this an asset that I want to keep? Is there a certain amount, a, a huge amount of growth that I could possibly see in it, let's say if it's in Amazon, or you use Procter & Gamble where it's a much slower growth rate. And so should you take the house and he keeps the executive comp plan in Amazon, is that equal even if the dollar amounts are equal? Well, not right. necessarily, not necessarily, right. especially when one has the growth rate of Amazon and houses well, they've done well over time, you know, you're looking at something going up closer to inflation. Yeah, completely different. And you and I both know as financial advisors that lost opportunity is just as real of a loss as losing value on investments. Yeah. And so there's a lot of education that has to be done around these. And to your point about when the vesting happens and the employee is in control of getting funds to the ex-spouse, I'm sure you can imagine that that is a situation that is rife with potential problems. Yeah, yeah. So the languaging in the decree of exactly how that is going to happen is so critical. And, you know, I'll tell you, most women in this situation will want to have a long-term relationship with a financial advisor who can really make sure they know, okay, by the way, we have a vest coming up. What's the best thing that we should do with it? And then we can instruct that employee spouse what action we want taken. That makes sense. That makes sense. And like you said, 
staying on top of not only the vesting schedule of when those assets are able to either be sold or reinvested, or the other piece that we talk about is, you know, do we just keep them? Do we just keep them and let them grow? Right. So we've talked about everything today as an asset, right? An asset kind of like your house, your checking account, but this is actually a form of what we call executive compensation. You talked a, a lot about how it being paid out often in the form of a bonus, which we, of course, equate to income. Bonus yes. every year, part of that income. So is it considered an asset or is it considered income that could go into the calculation of what should be paid out in child support and or spousal maintenance? And for those people outside of New York, also called spousal maintenance is also called alimony in other states. So tell me a little bit more about that because that's a little tricky. Yeah, it absolutely is. And the answer to your question is yes. <laughs> so it is both. Yes and yes. And, and, yes and yes. And yes. <laughs> so everything that is in existence at the date of separation is an asset and everything that will be received in the future is income. And it gets more complicated than that. It will depend on how long the employee has been at that company. If they've been receiving annual awards for four years and their awards are four-year vesting, then they get the equivalent of a full grant every year in income. If they've only been there one year, then it's going to be a little bit the first year, a little bit more the second year, a little bit more the third year, and it'll finally ramp. So it becomes really important when we're looking at income available for support, both alimony and child support, and understanding how those work. Here's the most tricky thing, and this throws off a lot of people. When you have restricted stock units that are not vested, and Procol is a perfect example because they have a nice, healthy dividend, even though it's not vested, which means you don't technically own anything at that point, you get to collect the dividends. And guess what? Those dividends are income available for support. And that is probably one of the number one things I see get missed in big executive Looked. comp cases. Yep. When yeah. nobody, nobody's looking at, if you have high level execs who have hundreds and thousands of dollars of these RSUs, that could be a significant source of income. And one that could go undetected. So are you looking again at that W-2? That one's easier because most companies, they show up the paycheck. Every quarter, when that company pays a dividend, it actually shows up on their check stub. That's the most common way. However, if I look at an RSU statement and there mm-hmm. are fra- fractional shares, yes. then I know yes. those are being reinvested. Yep. And so now, now they're kind of hiding a little bit. And so I can wait. Yep. Yeah, when anything is not even, it makes you wonder. It makes you wonder, you know, what's going on here. So that, that that's really powerful because you're really sharing some tools to help decipher. Number one, do you have an executive comp plan? Okay, look at the W-2. Look at box 12, code V. Number two, if there is an executive comp plan, how do you know if the stock plays a dividend? Well, you can actually go on Morningstar and as well, but you can also then look at the paycheck 
and take a look there. And you know what's interesting? I love paychecks. I love tax returns too. But paychecks, mm -hmm. you can find all these different small things that add up to yes. quite a bit of money and maybe they're additional benefits. Maybe it's a commuter benefit. Who knows? But, you know, again, all these things that can have a big impact. And I know that a lot of professionals will poo-poo that it's not that big of a deal when you add it all up. But realistically, and I know this from personal experience, so I'm making my own coffee now with quarantine, obviously, and I don't do my Starbucks run anymore. Right. Can I tell you how much money I'm saving? It's phenomenal. And again, these are small things, but these are, over time, can have a big impact. And you really nailed it on the head, Nancy, when you were talking in the beginning about women and how, unfortunately, we haven't necessarily had the same opportunities to get on top of our finances or have that financial education. And anything we can do to get ourselves on the right financial path, we have to because, unfortunately, the highest number of women living below the poverty line above age 65 are single divorced women. It's yeah. the women listening to this podcast and anything you can do to stack your finances in your favor, you got to do. Got to well, do. Especially at divorce, because as you, as you know, Stacy, you got one shot. And if you don't make the lifetime decisions that you need to make for yourself at that time, there's no, there's no going. So those decisions are so critical. And along, along those same lines, Stacey, I just want to implore all of your listeners that if you have a financial advisor that is never spending any time educating you, it's time to get a new advisor. Because one of the founding values of our firm and frankly of most female financial advisors is education. I want to make sure that my clients are learning about finance every time we meet. What I always say is, I want to know that if I get hit by a truck tonight, you're going to understand enough about finance that no one is ever going to take advantage of you again. Yeah. Because we've seen the cases, right, where they can really, people can be victimized by realist financial advice. Yeah. Yeah. So I know we're coming up to time, so I'd love to stay on this, this vein. You work with a lot of certified divorce financial analysts and teaching them how to become even better practitioners. How do individuals find someone who's a certified divorce financial analyst? The easiest way is to go to the institute, the Institute for Divorce Financial Analysts, where they have a, you can pop in your zip code and find CDFAs in your, in your area. And it's institutedfa.com. The other thing you can do is just Google your city name and CDFA and you'll get, you'll get a good list. And again, really make sure you understand this. Not all CDFAs are created equal. So when you look at someone who has a CDFA, you don't know, notice, is their website divorce specific? Mm -hmm. Or are they simply a financial advisor who got the credential? Those two people are going to have very, very different skill sets. Mm -hmm. The ones that really specialize in divorce typically are going to be, are going to be operating at a higher level. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. 
that makes sense. Nancy, I can't thank you enough. I would love for you to share about your program, some of the work that you're doing, how people can find you, your website. And I will make sure that we put in show notes all this information as well as the IDFA, the Institute of Divorce Financial Analysts, so that people can find that information too. So please do share. Fantastic. And then if it's okay too, I'd love to offer a bonus for your listeners on this podcast. I love uh, bonuses. So, you, you just wrapped yeah. me in. <laughs> oh, good. So, so my practice is in Phoenix, Arizona, Smarter Divorce Solutions. And we are a team of seven women. There are three mediators, a divorce coach, two certified divorce financial analysts, a financial coach, and three financial advisors. And so we really want to be a holistic place for people. And our specialty is out-of-court solutions. In Arizona, we can actually do no lawyers, no judges, no courtrooms, and help people have a kinder, gentler, much more affordable process. And we're very, very passionate about that. As you mentioned, I teach and train financial advisors all over the country on how to have similar businesses. To contact me, smarterdivorcesolutions.com. Feel free to email me directly, nancy smarterdivorcesolutions.com. You can contact us by phone at 877-552-4017. And I wrote a book about five years ago, Divorce is Not for Dummies, How to Cover Your Assets. And it's very personal. It's very much my story. And I wrote it because every divorce book I've ever seen reads like a textbook. And when you're going through this process, you can't read that stuff. Your brain is in fight or flight mode and concentrating and making decisions the way you normally do is just not possible. So this book is very much girlfriend to girlfriend. You will laugh. You'll learn more about me than you ever wanted to know. And I think you'll really enjoy it. It's $15 on Amazon. But for your listeners today, if you want to email me directly, nancy at smarterdivorcesolutions.com, we'll send you a copy for $10, no postage. And I would love to be able to get some literature in your hand that is the truth. Yeah. And it, it cuts through all of the noise and really helps you to be better prepared for what you're going to need to go through. Thank you. That is so kind. And we will make sure that we put all of your contact information there in the show notes. So it's easy for our listeners to go ahead and order that book. And you say the same thing that knowledge is power. And it's really important if you are not the financial CFO of your family make sure that you start to get yourself up to speed because otherwise you can find yourself behind the eight ball when it comes to your finances and the stakes are high. We all know the stakes are high and especially in the times when life is so uncertain, the economy is uncertain. The one thing that you can count on is yourself and investing in your knowledge. So I can't thank you enough for being here, Nancy. And really sharing this information and taking a topic which there's a lot of a lot of detail and some complex parts of it and making it digestible and understandable and so you have a very special gift for that and I just want to say thank you oh thank you so much and Stacy thank you for everything you do for women 
you are very valued in our community and and i want to personally thank you for everything you do thank you i feel so nice warm inside well thank you to everyone listening today for financially ever after please do listen in we'll be back to you in two weeks on tuesday with more great financial topics that you need to know about to make sure that you're making the best decisions both during as well as after your divorce or separation. Thank you. I really enjoyed speaking with Nancy today and I was so happy to cover this topic. Millions of individuals have executive compensation plans and so there is a good chance that your spouse does as well. And my goal today was to equip you with the information you needed to understand more about what these awards are, understand that, boy, do they have value, and also understand that most likely at least a portion is marital, and it means that you are entitled to it. Now, it doesn't mean that you have to become a pro in this area, but Nancy shared that what you should be doing is at least having a financial specialist on your team that can help you identify these issues, identify these assets, and make sure that you get your fair share. Because what we have seen over and over again is that women take many years longer to be able to recover from a divorce versus our husbands. And so we need to be that much more educated and that much more savvy. And with that, I do want to share that if we can help you in any way, it's not about having you become a client of Francis Financial. Just reach out and let us talk about resources that could support you, information that could empower you, and the next steps that you can take to protect your own financial future and make sure that you're secure long-term. So do reach out and you can reach out visiting the website www.francisfinancial.com and also you can email me stacy, S-T-A-C-Y at francisfinancial.com as well. I also just want to say heart to heart, thank you for listening and thank you for investing in yourself. And please do share our podcast with other women who need this support and need this financial guidance. We have a lot of work to do and we need you to continue to share also this educational resource so that women finally reach the same playing field as men have had all along. So thank you again for listening into Financially Ever After. And we'll be seeing you in two weeks on Tuesday.